I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 3.12. For now we see through a glass, darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. That's it. Thank you. Okay. So I'm not the best at this next part. This is more of a Daisy thing. But I'm going to try a little, a little magic. So I have a penny right here. That's a penny, right? Yeah. Okay. Toss it to me. It's a penny. Okay. So I want you to watch as I flip this penny. but it's a quarter. Things aren't always what you expect them to be. Although it looked like a penny, it's a quarter. And you might as well saw me put the penny in my pocket and that quarter as well. But if I reach in my pocket, I don't have anything. So, I will look right here. Nothing. No hands. Nothing in my wrist. No sleeves. Not even armpit hair. <laughs> so, flip through it. Still nothing. <coughs> we have a quarter and a penny. So, Unexpectedly, my message is about opening your eyes, just like the children's message. We're all children of God, so I kind of just have to carry it on. So to start it out, I will look at John 2.1. And he shall be like a tree, planted by the rivers. Wrong spot. Okay. It should actually be over the wedding of Joe. Okay, it's right here. I was looking at Psalms. Okay. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And both, oh, and when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto them, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set of three, six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made of wine, and he knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. You see, 
I've done a little research over this older wedding from this time. In the traditional wedding from this time, it was the groom who provided the food, provided the wine. And actually, there is a bunch of different stuff that can be caused to this family. If he does not have a food, food, if he does not have enough wine, he will be embarrassed. His family will be embarrassed because he did not provide the sufficiency of necessities. But what surprised me the most is if you do not have enough wine, they could actually be fined by their city. I was confused about this, but Jesus took it as his responsibility to help them out. He didn't want this family to start off with economical problems or with social problems. And in this story, there are two major things that just seem so much different. As we can tell, not having enough wine probably would not be a big problem to us today. But Jesus, he turned that wine to water, or turned that water to wine. And I don't know how. I don't know how somebody could just walk up to the jar. Bam. There's water. Crazy. But before I go on, I have not leaned down or anything. I turned that penny and that quarter into three quarters. two pennies. Okay, Wayne, you can have that. You might need it sometime. (laughs) Okay. Now, throughout the Bible, there are several, numerous different stories just like this one. But, I I mean, I encourage y'all. I encourage y'all to go and find them. I encourage y'all to read them. I encourage y'all to study them. But I will not be talking about those right now. I have these three poster boards right here, which might trick y'all a little bit. So this one right here. What do you see on this? It's a word. It says dog. This dog right here, I will take this pink marker and change it. So I will turn dog into a dog. We have that dog right there. Now we also have a five. Now, people might not say five is the fiercest of numbers, but as you can tell, this this five right here, with a little time, 
this not-so-fierce number can change its appearance. into a fierce lion. And this last one, it's a, I'm not going to lie. I might not be the smartest person, but this one, this one got me. It took me, it was probably about 30 minutes before I actually noticed it. Now, if you look at this paper right here, you might see a face. You got the eyes, you got the nose, you got the mouth, and you got the shoulders coming down right there. But as you can see, if you turn it, it's actually the word liar, which things might not often seem like what they normally are. Those little things right there, they're optical illusions. Now, an optical illusion is not a trick on your eyes. I mean, your eyes see it. Don't get me wrong. Your eyes have to see it. But it's your brain. Your brain mixes things up. Your brain got it wrong. So God, he puts challenges in us. He puts adversities. He, he will curve our road on our journey. Now, we might not see it as first, but like the pumpkins, we have to open our eyes. We have to open our eyes to to see the reason what God's doing. There's many different things. And everything, honestly, everything means something different to each person. And I also did some more research over these two things. I have the number three, and I have the color green. So I need someone, a volunteer, raise your hands, anybody. Okay, Ms. Taylor, right here. What does the number three mean to you? It means a family of two parents and one kid. Taylor, number three, two families, or two parents, my bad, two parents and one kid. So I went and I did some research over the number three. And the number three is used 460 times in the Bible. It's pictures completeness tougher to a lesser degree than seven. The meaning of this number derives from the fact that it's the first of the four spiritual perfect numerals, the others being 7, 10, and 12. The three righteous patriots before the flood were Abel, Enoch, and Noah. After the deluge, there was the righteous fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, later renamed Israel. There are 27 books in the New Testament, which is 3 times 3 times 3, or to a better extent, 3 to the third power. Jesus prayed three times in the Garden of Gethsemane before his arrest. He was placed on the cross on the third hour of the day, 9 a.m., and died at the ninth hour, 3 p.m., and there were three hours of darkness that covered the land while Jesus was suffering on the cross from the sixth hour to the ninth hour. Three is the number of resurrection. Christ was dead for three full days and three full nights, and a total of 72 hours before being resurrected on Saturday, April 8th, just before the sunset. So, we will now take a look at the color green. I need another volunteer. Pick your hands up. You back here. What does the color green mean to you? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> uh, nature. 
nature. I like that answer because that actually has to go with the thing. <laughs> well, green. I did research on there. Green is obtained by mixing yellow, which in the Bible is uh, kind of considered trials. And blue is considered the word of God. Therefore, the biblical meaning of the color green is immortality. The leaf shall not wither, which is Psalms 1, 3. Here we go. I got you. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brighten forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Green also is the symbolic of resurrection, which we see each spring. Each spring, all nature jumps into action. They get that sense of happiness, that green feeling within them. So we had two meanings. We had the meaning of three, and we had the meaning of green. But we actually had several different meanings for both of those two completely different things. So now, I will go over here to John's hat. I have four names in here. One just flew behind the thing. But I have Wayne Hollinshed. Wayne Hollinshed, do we have Wayne Hollinshed in here? Will you please come to the front if I see you? Please, sir, please, sir. We have Jim Waldo. I don't see a Jim Waldo. Please come down, sir. We have Mary Roberts. Come on down to the front. You have been selected. And we have one more back here. And that one person, LaDonna Riley, you have been chosen. Come on. You're last but not certainly least. Okay, so. We'll see about that. So, I have pictures. One. Who wants one? You want one? Sure. Okay, you can have one. Okay. Two. Oh, you two? Okay. Three? You can have three. And you can have four. Okay. Now, we have four babies up here, and each baby is holding a picture of a child. So, I'll stand over here for now. Okay, so, each one of these persons, each one of these childs, not the babies, the childs, have a different story behind them. In each story, they've had a rough past And once you find out who they are, you will see what opens for them. So, number one, okay, which I got it mixed up. It should be three. Three, okay. Hold it up. You got to hold it up. Okay. At the age of three, his father left their family. They stayed in touch for a few years, but left. But after... But after they divorced and moving from city to city, they fell out of contact. He attended four different high schools. He struggled with dyslexia, making his education more challenging than for most. Eventually, he left high school without even earning a diploma. 
And so, does anybody know who that person is? Anybody? That is Keanu Reeves. We hold that up too. So, right here, I have four slots right here. One, two, three, and four. Will you place three down right there? Face up. The face up. We'll turn this. Bam. And from there, we'll lead on with the rest of the puzzle. And you can hold up, hold up the adult version of him. There we go. I've never seen a child hold up a grown man. So we have two. We have two. We hold two up. Yeah, you're still two. You're still two. Born and raised in Canada, he dropped out of high school when his father was laid off to help pay the bills. His father worked both as a janitor and a security guard, but his family eventually lost their home despite of his efforts and were forced to live in a van. Does anybody know who this is? Okay. This guy is actually Jim Carrey. Hold Jim Carrey up, please. And will you put the two down on the two slot? Thank you, ma'am. So three, three. Yep, we have three. It's actually one. It's one. Okay. She was the youngest of 14 children and grew up in a low-income family. Low-income French-Canadian family, okay, to be exact. Entertaining at her parents' piano bar, where her father only earned $160 a week. That $160 was used to support his family of 16. That's about $10 a person. $10 a week per person for food, for clothes, housing, everything. Does anybody know who this wonderful young lady is? Close. It is not Selena Gomez. It is actually Celine Dion. So will you put Celine Dion, the young Celine Dion, in the one spot, please? And we have number four. Okay, I, I should have opened my eyes there. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. You got to make it. Okay, number four right here. Now, I kind of just started this series on Netflix. So, not everybody might not know who this person is. But this, this chic and polished celebrity was born in a Texas prison by her mother who served time for smuggling drugs. Do y'all know who this is? She plays Blair on Gossip Girl. Her name is Leighton Meester. Leighton Meester. Will you please put Leighton Meester down in her spot? And man, I think this even looks like Jim right there. There you go. Oh, yeah. She grew up. She grew up. Now, these four people right here, they lived hard lives. Very hard lives. But they didn't let that stop them from accomplishing their dreams. Now, each one of you 
you have, it has an arrow and a number. Will you please put that down on the arrow and the number? It, it's kind of a meeting, so you know, like the arrow's pointing up, it means above, and, oh, right here. Bam. Bam. Above. Above two, below four. Above one, and above three. Okay, y'all may have a seat if y'all want. So, I will take some of this magical stuff right here that holds things together. And I will help open everybody's eyes to actually what this symbolic meaning Now, most of y'all might have actually thought this was just four people who lived their lives, who did whatever they had to do to accomplish their goals. But on the back, last night, it was about 2 a.m., I drew a picture on the back. And this picture means so much to me. And I hope, honestly, I do hope it means as much as as it means to me to y'all. So these, uh, there's two words on here. They are kind of, it's kind of an optical illusion to you. You might have to look closely for it. And if you don't see it, I can point it out for you. I'll just say something. But these things, it's completely different. And Ms. Jowers, would you like to play a song for me? It is praise folder number 35, I believe. Uh, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Y'all may join in and sing if y'all would like. Thank you. 